We're recording. We're live. So, um, right, intro. Shit. <laughs> well, this is a sort of movie discussion, really, about the 1962 Dr. No. Jesus Christ, Justin. Um, yeah, 1962 Dr. No, James Bond movie, the first movie in the whole series. Um, my mates and myself here just decided to just throw something together. We just, we, we were thinking about doing some kind of video and we couldn't decide what, so we thought, well, you know what, let's just do some movie reviews, and Bond seemed like a good series, plenty of content. I mean, how many movies are there in total? 25, uh, including uh, no, no, uh, the new one. 25. 25. It's all right. the hey. new one. How old we are, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> mate, okay, you may well, be uh, old, but I'm only 16, mate. <clears throat> so I'm with, I'm with Justin, who I've known for 20-odd years. Samir, who I've known for 20-something years as well. And um, Hi we're just going to talk shit. I, I guess we've all got notes and stuff. I've got a few. Yes, we do. Yep. Let me just get them up. Okay, well, I want to start off with a point, actually, about these Bond movies, the, the earlier ones, right? And it's something that really irritates me. <laughs> it's, that it's, good, it's good to get off with an irritation. Let's get it off your chest, mate. Yeah, I've got to. I've got to. And it, the thing is, it is right at the beginning of the movie, so it makes sense to get it out of the way first. And that's that bit, you know, where he's walking, it goes, dun, 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 and it's in that sort of, like, camera shutter view. Yeah, when mm -hmm. he shoots down the tunnel. Yeah, but yeah, when he shoots the... down the tunnel, he jumps and shoots at the same time, so the bullet would be all over the fucking place. Well, I was thinking that this morning, because because later on in the films, is actual the actual Bond himself... See that guy? That I don't even think that was Sean Connery doing that, not. walking no, down. That the was, that, and that and to be was, honest with you, he he shot some fucking bird about three miles away. It didn't even go down the tunnel, yeah. you know. I mean, that yes. blood coming down—that's from some innocent person miles away that he shot. Yeah. It's just bleeding yeah. down in front of the screen. Isn't it, it just pisses me off. It winds yeah. me up. But Smee, you can tell us. Smee, you can tell us who that was now. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, that yeah, was actually on. one of the stunt, uh, the stunts, uh, stuntmen there uh, called Bob Simmons. He did the first three uh, opening of the sort of uh, gun barrel sh shots. It was only, uh, I think, on the fourth or fifth movie where Sean Connery actually took over. Uh, and there was a reason for that. I think it was they didn't have enough time um, to do the shoot. And that's why Bob Simmons did that. And plus, he looked very similar to Connery as well. 
right. because if you look, look carefully from the distance, you think it is Kwangri, but it isn't. It isn't. It, I, I think you should also put in the introduction, Paul, that that Samir is the the useless of the fucking encyclopedia into these into these movies, you know. So if we take the boring pause and tumbleweed comes across, it's normally because we're getting a fact about some, you know, about something. That, but I think that's quite an important fact that, you know, for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, the thing is, you say that about Samir, but me and him were talking about this like a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, on the build-up to all of this mm. recording. And he was coming up with all kinds of fucking knowledge. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and because of what Samir was talking about that month ago, he put me onto that TV show, The Persuaders, yeah, brilliant. Mate. It's That's Roger brilliant. Moore and Tony Curtis in it, and you know what? I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, you can't make them sort of things anymore, can you? Really, with the no, I mean, sort it, of things they get up to. Yeah, it, it's camp as fuck seventies TV, but it's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I mean, do do you think though, honestly, you know, the, these the, these three blind mice that are crossing the road you, was this before or after Abbey Road with the Beatles? Who who stole the idea from who? I think uh, the Beatles probably stopped dying from them. <laughs> that is a good point, actually. Let's look that I up. I think uh, th that uh, record you were talking about was in 67 or 68, the Beatles won across Abbey Road, and this was in 62. Yeah, so, yeah, 69 by Apple Records. Yeah, the English rock band The Beatles oh. released 26th of September, 1969. So they ripped that off. <gasps> That's it. That yeah. is... That is shocking. Right, Beatles, sussed, that's it. Cancelled Beatles, that's it. Yeah. Music. So they did not come up with the famous, you know, and actually I'll tell you the... Um, but another uh, thing, uh, coincidence there, you're talking about the Beatles, actually, and they actually launched uh, in 62 uh, as well, as far as I know. So basically uh, Bond and the Beatles have history together as well. Well, um, I'll tell you another, something else interesting. You know, mm -hmm. if you uh, at the beginning of the film talking about three blind mice, he goes up to that sign. It's not written in fucking braille, so how would he know where he is? That's just a lump of wood, as far as he's concerned, isn't it? <laughs> what? Well, the, the point is, they're not blind; they're acting blind. Yeah, but that, so... but you don't know that. You, you realise that shortly after, don't you? But he turns up at this place and he's feeling the sign. It's not braille. I mean, he, you know, he doesn't know. He has no idea he's in the right. Then <laughs> those three to be the assassins. They're just expecting these guys just uh, a normal day in Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica, and these guys just going around begging or whatever, collecting money. And that was the point, I think, of the surprise where the audience were expecting something out of an ordinary, someone obvious, go up to whatever is going to happen next. And the story begins. But this yeah. was the surprise element. Right. Yeah, I mean, we've got to, we've got to remember this is 1962. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because um, there was this thing about the tarantula. Yeah, well, that's way ahead. We're way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fast forwarded that bit. That, that's one of my my fears. I didn't even. I. Yeah. Oh, it's laughable I mean, though. But we'll get to is, that yeah. bit. But that's fucking laughable. The tarantula bit, anyway. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Why did the three men take off the silencers? We talk about those three men at the beginning, the assassins. It's a trend throughout the whole film, actually. I noticed. Yeah, they, Bond... then they blow the top, like they blow yeah. the smoke away at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's kind of like a um, uh, take that in it. It's like you know, it's like that in it. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it was a case where and he didn't even need to smash the he didn't need to smash the window either. Really, the bullet would have gone through that fucking pane of glass. I mean, he didn't need to like you know smash the glass, then shoot her. You know, he's just can like I, I, shoot through the glass. Can you, <laughs> yeah, Samir, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I have to say one thing. I think uh, less of the word "fucking" would be useful. We might get banned from some of the channels. That's all. But yeah, oh. you can't I get banned for swearing. Um... <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so I fuck you, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we'll just get an 18 rating, that's all. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh, I'm, I'll, tell you something I'll, I'll tell you something else I noticed as well. In that scene, they all knew COVID was coming because they've all got plastic shields between each of those operators. They knew COVID was coming, even in this film. Jesus. That's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a stretch. They did, look. He's, you know, they've got perspex screens in front of them. They've got perspex divides. That's what you see every day now in shots. They knew COVID was coming. No, the reason for that was let's let's get back. Let, I think let's get back to the point here. I think we're going a little bit off track here, Justin. Uh, by the I way, just, Justin, I'm just reading my my early observational notes. You know, this, mm. by the way, by, this by epic the way, film. You know, by the way, audience, Justin is a comedian in our group, so and he's the Liam Gallagher as well, as you can see. <clears throat> I think the reason, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think the reason why they were doing that, where they had the separation, if you look at it, there was different stations around the world for the MI6 or MI5, and that guy was specific, so they can hear the person, the signal from wherever it is, Jamaica or Russia, America, whatever. So that's why they had the screens between them. Otherwise, I think shouting in each other's he- uh, sort of ears, you could be saying whatever. I'm not this even sure. Jay- I don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, it, it's it, it's after think... strange ways, and they, 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 uh, the I poker have... table, and then yeah, uh, the woman gets Justin, shot. Can I, can I make a suggestion? I think we yeah. need to uh, redo some of it because we've gone all over the place on this. We've not even made a bloody introduction of Bloody Quandry yet or James Bond. Have we actually told the viewers what film we're watching? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> and it'll be in a title and all. Yeah, well, you know, this is the first time we're doing this, so we're going to learn by yep. mistakes. It can't be perfect first time round. So, I mean, this yep. is just a kind of uh, gloves off, just let it all hang out type of thing, and uh, we'll fine tune <clears> it as we go. I reckon by yeah, the time sure. we get the Spectre, we we'll probably have a real polished product. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, some grey hair by then as well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a logical thing that I can think of. It's just to block uh, sound from each other's stations. Um, but, yeah, you never know, Justin. There might be a time traveller there, but uh, we'll come to that uh, some other time. I'm um, just looking at my notes, right? And I've got on here yep. um, a rather controversial question. Right. Yeah, do sure. Reckon, do you reckon Bond was cheating at cards? Um. What, a bit like Matey Boy out of Star Wars where he flips the thing out of his... Well, he was dealer. He was the dealer, wasn't he? Yeah. Was it Blackjack they were playing and he kept winning? He was taking away yeah, the money. No, they were playing Le Chef, which is a very uh, um, unusual game. I think it's a French game, which is not played in casinos anymore. All right. That's why they play Blackjack in uh, Casino Royale uh, 2006, because it's a different game. So basically, I think the house gives you an option to choose your cards in that. I don't know exact uh, rules, 
But um, no, he wasn't cheating because you don't see the your hands. You just pick it from the top. So you see the back end, but you don't see the grip side, obviously. Mm. But he was such a good uh, player. Uh, according to Fleming, he was like a world champion at um, gambling, basically. That's where he made his uh, extra income from. So he was getting like, um, I don't know, little money from the British Secret Service as a civil servant. Right. pennies and he would sometimes uh go into the casinos and win uh four or five thousand pounds a night and he would do that two or three times a week all right so, that's so a, well, it's just background story from books so right okay. yes that's right yeah although yeah. it seems very really hard to believe that he would win every hand on a game of luck no it's uh unbelievable uh it, it, don't forget we have to also take some of it a uh, pinch of salt because he was meant to be a super super spy <laughs> it's also a case where coming back to um the books uh fleming was trying to uh basically get us back into this situation where we as a nation had lost our status as a superpower and it was the americans and the soviets who were the real superpowers but fleming still had this image wanted this image that Britain had that status so that's why Bond was something special if mm, you get sure. where I'm coming from yeah yeah I realize there's a bit of romance about it and you know a bit of a artistic yeah. license and yeah okay I just thought it was uh an interesting point you know? well I just wonder whether he, I, I was I, to be honest with you in, in that that scene with the the, the uh, cards I was wondering whether he, you know Bond was thinking about taking that little card flappy paddle thing and giving that bird a good smack to be honest with you he did afterwards, but I mean, we'll get to that. Uh, I wonder if he did that, took that back and gave a good old, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could have edited that bit out, aren't you? <laughs> I think we better, mate. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, um, if you look at um, on generally, um, it's very colonial. As well, when we go to Jamaica, the sort of traditional British slash English club abroad, uh, where members only would go and you can have that beautiful afternoon tea, uh, sit outside, have your cocktail. Uh, and if you look at the image of uh, Strand, Strandsway's uh, club, uh, that's what you get. You get that colonial feel. Mm. And um, yeah, it was a glamorous feel as well because um, of... Um, the amount of people actually travelled. We have to remember it was 62, and not that many people from Britain travelled abroad. It was only the wealthy, very wealthy, did that. It actually, it was everywhere in the world like that, really. Bollocks. I'm just looking at the um, James Bond Reddit thread. There was um, something that caught my eye in there. Um, yeah, sure. The subreddit for James Bond. It's pretty damn good for uh, images and um, other knowledge. I was reading something about the, um, you know, he, he, he goes and visits Money Penny and you're introduced to her for the first time and then his boss. <clears throat> yes, M. Bo yeah. yeah, M gives him a breakdown of what he's going to be doing and stuff and where he's Well, yeah, because he has to give up his browning for the, that's um, the, for the, for the world for PPK, isn't it? That's exactly what yes. I was going to talk about. Yeah, is that why was that, you know, why was that pushed? Well, uh, you, it was basically a standard equipment for the CIA, and um, his Beretta didn't have the punching power, basically. The it's impact. Also reliable as well. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's just a very, you know, it's really 
really wanted to make a point of that in that scene. Yes. Which was, yeah. uh, I don't know, there was no, no sort of additional... It, it, I think you know, they were saying that Walter PPK was more powerful than his current um, weapon. And uh, he basically uh, got uh, wounded and he ended up in hospital for six months because he got jammed on a mission, on his first double O mission or something like that yeah. a few years back. So that was one of the reasons. <clears throat> mm, so that's what awesome. he uses the whole way through, isn't it? All the, for all the bomb, movie, bomb, bomb movies was the ball for PPK, wasn't it? <clears throat> that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm, pick, I'm picking up that there's a lot of... Um, a lot of backstory in the books here that's kind of glossed over in the movies. Obviously, the movies are all action. You know, you're viewing it, you're consuming yes. it by your eyes. You're not reading it, and you don't have hours and hours and hours to do all the backstory. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yeah, that's interesting. Um, reading the books, well, I suppose, would if you really want to get into it and know the character Bond, reading the books as well as watching the movies would really flesh out a lot well, of the lots, lot of the plot lines. Well, if you look at uh, <clears throat> read the Bond movies. And you look at the Bond, uh, Bond books, and you read the uh, watch the Bond movies. In a way, it's two characters in one. Because don't forget, Bond of uh, the movies is the revolution of the nineteen sixties, and the Bond of the books is a English gentleman of the nineteen fifties or British gentleman of the nineteen fifties. Yeah. So there's a very slight difference, basically. Uh, even Fleming said that he was more of a womanizer in the movies. Than he was in the books although yes he did basically do this similar thing but not to that extent it was more of a mm. womanizing in the uh, in the movies because it was on the free love 1960s sort of thing as well yeah um and uh some of the stories i don't know if you've read the books but they've been changed as well but we'll go into that when we get to those movies in the future in mm. the future okay. yeah yeah justin you yeah. anything else in your notes you want yeah, the same scene. The uh, where well, M is stood over the mantelpiece getting a getting a match. What's yes. the uh, what's the picture? Is that the battle for Trafalgar? I think it is. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, it's uh, something historic uh, because that's uh, been returned um, into the Bond movies in Skyfall uh, when they go back into the old office. So it's got something. Uh, important within connected to the navy and it's also got to do with him as well because 007 james bond was a commando commander bond of uh, the royal navy so that's a connection as well royal navy history in the background and his own history being in the navy as well yeah hmm. yeah i'm just looking at that scene now it's just what you're talking about i didn't really pay much attention to it i know there's yeah. like a because there's a well in the mantle. because I, there's, there's another thing later on when he's in Dr. No's lair uh, and he's going up for dinner, there's a picture. And I was trying to figure out who that was. Uh, I know oh. a little fact on that. Yeah, I'll let you go he, for that. Because he doubled, he double took it, thing. didn't he? It was almost like he, he was like, oh, what's my dad doing? It was like double taking it such, into such interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, yeah, all right. Then. Okay, I'll elaborate on that later on. Um, and then yeah. Smith, correct, correct me if, if it's the same thing that uh, you've read. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a little backstory behind that. Mm. Yeah, but I'll tell you uh, who we should be actually uh, talking about uh, a little bit here is the first director of Doctor No, Terence Young. I think it's important to actually talk about Terence Young um, due to the fact um, he sort of 
invented the screen bond as such. Um, because people have to realise, and <clears throat> Sean Connery didn't go to Eton, he was a working class Scotsman from mm. Edinburgh <clears throat> who, had to, who had to teach himself how to read and write. Uh, he had elocution lessons, so when people talk about his uh, actual accent, like the unusual Scottish accent, it was him actually uh, using uh, his elocution but kept his Scottishness because, as you know, he was a very proud Scotsman. Mm, yeah yeah so i think uh once uh justin's back I, I think we should so you know we can sort of q a on this uh sort of thing um so yeah terence young was a uh was the first director and um when they brought conry in he was rough around the edges and um he put him under his wing because um Terence himself went to Eton, Cambridge, and he actually um, had a first class in uh, Oriental languages as well. So Conry hated wearing suits. He took him to sell row to his own tailor, got his suits done, got, uh, went to Tumble and Essa, got the shirts done. And the condition was that Conry had to sleep in his suits to get used to wearing uh, the suits. He took him to casinos, taught him how to be elegant, how to talk to ladies, not uh, just women like a geezer down the road, but how a gentleman would speak, Let, taught him how to order certain foods, etc., and talk about them in detail. And that's how the screen or screen Conry and Bond were invented uh, through Terence Young. It was Terence Young basically himself but in the body of Conry. And that's how James Bond was in Renwick. I wouldn't mind being Terence Young. Sounds shit up. Yeah, he's a very interesting background. He was born in Shanghai uh, in the international uh, uh, arrangements. It was basically when uh, Britain basically did an agreement with um, China doing the opium wars. But I think... Yeah, and his father was... It was very interesting background. You can really talk about Terence Young in a separate uh, <clears throat> show, really. So how many... His, um, oh, go sorry, quite. No, 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 you go ahead. I, I was going to change, change the subject a little bit anyway. The, um, just for the, for the younger viewers, really, uh, who have no idea who Pan Am is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and see, yes. you can see the <clears throat> lands at the airport with Pan Am written on it. Wasn't it a 747? Pan Am, Pan Am 747. No, I can't remember what. Uh, 747 hadn't been invented by then at this point. Okay, no. I, I don't know which plane it was. I know it was Pan Am, but I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking at the plane. Be very frank well, and honest. I tell you what, I do know the answer, <laughs> but I'm not going to because there'll be some plane spotter that goes, "Look at DC three. They have the engine on the back of it, and it's got a different size wing." Pan Pan Am Pan American Airlines. Yeah, what does the Pan stand for? <clears throat> Don't know. <laughs> so our younger <laughs> viewers are no more educated than we are. <laughs> no. Pan Pan Am Pan America, isn't it? It's like the it's like Pan America, so it's like South American, wasn't it? It's like the uh, the Pan American Highway. So it's it's all very similar, isn't it? Are you just Pan making it up? Yeah. I am making it up while I'm doing it. Pan, right. So, yeah, I am looking at So, do your research, sir, <laughs> before you give us the answer. Right. Shut up, you two. Pan American <laughs> Airways, commonly known as Pan Am, was the principal and largest international air carrier and unofficial 
overseas flag carrier of the United States from 1927 until the airline collapsed in December the 4th, 1991. And does anyone want to care to answer why uh, one of the demises of its collapse? 91. What happened in 91? <clears throat> what happened in 91? I don't know. I do believe it was a lock of the air crash, wasn't it, in, in Scotland? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was one of their planes that was blown, uh, blown excuse, up in Lockerbie, wasn't it? Excuse me, sir. That happened in 87. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't the reason why they went down, but it was the start of their demise. A bit like Chernobyl with USSR, wasn't it? You yeah, know, it was like it was okay. one of the things that contributed towards its final demise. Good, good recovery okay. there, Justin. <laughs> well I know, done. I know that was pretty good, wasn't it? You know, yeah. that was pretty good. You passed now, the test. Well done. <laughs> and now I'm just trying to find out. Uh, I think it was a Boeing three one four that was. Oh, no, Carl, we really are getting into minutiae, aren't we, with details? Oh, yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think we shouldn't really be getting into the Boeing and all that stuff. Yeah, Pan Am it was. No, it wasn't it, a Boeing 314. No, it wasn't. So that's where I make a prat myself now. Okay, so he landed in Kingston anyway. That's nothing to do with the bloody movie. We just saw Pan Am. Let's talk about the Bel Air that he drove in then from the airport, because that is just a cool car, isn't it? That is like the awesomeness of awesomeness. Hey, but we're, we're forgetting one thing from the airport because we were also introduced to one other character. Oh, the woman that took a, took his photograph. No, no, uh, main well, it, no. Oh, uh, Phoenix Lighter. Phoenix Lighter, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The man, uh, yeah. Even though he turned out black in the later ones, I'm not sure how that worked out. <laughs> yeah, the CIA, <laughs> CIA agent. Yeah. Yeah, but Phoenix yeah, Lighter became black, didn't he? he? Was he was his character was a black guy in the later but, films? Well. I mean, it's well, I, mean, I, mean, uh, I mean, James anyway, Bond doesn't age, Phoenix Lighter doesn't age, and changes colour. So, you know, it's quite it's, it's, it's it interesting. It is possible. And even Money Penny turns black later on. So you know. It is possible, though, mate. I mean, you can identify as whatever you want these days. So if you well, want to identify true. as a black man, you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good political critic. <laughs> Anyway, changing the subject. Yeah, anyway, he introduced us to Felix Leiter, uh, Jack Lord, who played him. Uh, as we know, he went to uh, become um, a star in a TV show. I didn't know that. Yeah, Hawaii 5A was him. He was the chief in that. He, he was a uh, uh, Garrett or something, or Garrett, or whatever it was called his name. But yeah, he was in the, the original one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we saw Phoenix Lighter for the first time, and then we see Connery getting a photograph taken by that um, Jamaican Chinese lady, and we, he goes into that convertible thinking that government house, well, he knew government house didn't basically send it, but yes. And then, um, yeah, take it from there, Justin or Paul. What, um, hold on a second, what car were you talking about there? Because actually, before we move on to that, right, I've paused, I've paused the movie on a particular section, and I believe sure. it's a Volkswagen. That, that link that I sent everybody earlier with all the cars in this movie, yeah. if you scroll down that page, you'll see it. Oh, it's a 1958 Volkswagen Sedan Deluxe Type 1. No, it's not. They, they got that wrong. That, that's a Cadillac. If you look further down on that, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a Cadillac. It's not a Volkswagen. Ah, there, there's okay. a there's a few errors on that. So he, oh, he gets into he gets into a Bel Air, which is the car that he he travels in. And then, as you see him uh -huh. in the car, 
there's a Cadillac there, which is one of the most beautiful Cadillacs ever made. And by the way, uh, that was the uh, Ghostbusters. That was the same Cadillac as a hearse as an estate. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a 59 Cadillac Series 62. One of the things, yeah, I like the car. I do like the designs of those old cars. But on that webpage, and this really struck me when I was watching the film, it was like, fuck me, look at that parking. Oh, yeah, shock. Yeah, but that's because it's three <laughs> times the size of a parking space. That's yeah, why. and what are those trees, those like those like saplings in the middle of this car park? They're dotted all over the place in the most inconvenient places. Yeah, the guy who designed the airport wasn't great, mate. That's what it was. No, I think what they were trying to do on the series so is just say, look at this beautiful place. Look at Jamaica. It's, uh, it's got the sun. It's got these unusual palm trees or whatever it may be, just to impress the audiences at the time. Yeah. Because don't forget, not, don't forget, as I said before, not that many people travelled in the 60s. Yeah, I understand. But, of course, behind, yeah. behind that, behind that um, Cadillac were two, of course, uh, people's cars, or two VW Beatles part behind it. <laughs> Yeah, just looking at those now. Yeah. yeah. But no, that, that Chevrolet, that Chevrolet Bel Air is be- beautiful car. They did one of those on Weird yeah. Dealers. It was awesome. Yeah. And the, and the car chased is, is an Impala, in case you're wondering. Impala, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful car Impala, is actually. Yeah. yeah. They don't design cars like that anymore. No, they just don't make them like this anymore. It's just a damn shame, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like uh, it's like Jeremy Parks says, you know. You know, Chevrolet were making these beautiful cars like the Impala, but then and they make the Impala now. By the way, if you look at if you look at a picture of what what the Impala is now, you know it's just it's an insult, really. <laughs> so, I think yeah. it's with it's with uh, with most cars. It's no longer individual. Uh, even if you look at Aston Martin, every Aston Martin looks similar. It's not like um, anything different. No. But if we're going to end the conversation on cars, the most beautiful car at the whole thing is the Alpine Sunbeam, which is what he drives uh, uh, in the uh, off-road yeah. uh, ch- chasing. Absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful cars. And if anybody watches uh, Rust Valley Restorers in Canada, um, the, uh, they restored one of those to its uh, former glory. Uh, absolutely beautiful, beautiful car. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. So, Paul. Watching it. Do you reckon... Uh, what do you think about um, the movie generally in a sense of uh, aging-wise and stuff like that? I do you reckon it's age well? Or? It's fantastic it's resolution on, on, the, on the filming. You know, if you look at, uh, I think, if you look at films of the same era, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I think the quality of the filming um, and mm-hmm. also the continuity, because, of course, we could, have, we could do a whole different conversation on the, uh, on, uh, continuity errors and all the rest of it, you know, which is something completely different. But you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty good, pretty good quality filming. Yeah, um, I think I, I like watching with these old films. They, they're just a perfect snapshot of such a, a different time. I mean, if let's just say you were born in the nineties, or even the early two thousands, watching that, you you couldn't imagine that. If you said to that that person. Try and imagine how it was back in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, they wouldn't have a clue. Well, no, you because these, cam- these 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 cameras didn't have gyroscopes on them. You know, they were that you know to get the perfect moving uh, straight picture had to be on tracks. You had to move along on on tracks so you didn't get the camera wobble. And you know, and yeah. you know, these days you could you know you can film a perfectly still video 
you know, on, on an off-road vehicle bouncing around the place because of these gyroscopes that keep at the camera all level and mm. they use them at football stadiums and all sorts, don't they? You know, yeah. it's, um, you know, so the whole filming is very, it's very easy, very steady movements. You know, there's no jerking around, you know, it, uh, you know, it's probably why, you know, with like these chase scenes, I mean, it's quite mm -hmm. obvious, you know, that he's in, in a, in a simulator and he's driving because he's turning the world. He's not going around corners. We all, people of our age, we, we know that it's just like a green screen behind him. Yeah. You know? And I think largely that's not because they were too scared or he was too scared of doing the, doing the stunts or whatever. It's because they didn't have the technology to be able to get still camera shots of that chase in real life. You know, so that's why it had to be that way. Um, not, only, not only that, Justin, if you think about uh, the budget of the movie, okay, it was, um, it was reported at $1 million, but actually it was $935,000 due to the fact um, the exchange rate, when they started uh, shooting it, it changed. So it went down from a million to nine hundred and thirty-five thousand. So, if you look at the quality for the that the money spent, they did really well, really, really well. Even with the exes they had in there, okay, Connery wasn't known. It was sort of one of these up-and-coming stars, but exes, uh, but it wasn't a star. Mm. If you think about it. So there's another side we have to look at as well. Uh, the people who were considered playing Bond. Um, as well at the time and how how things happened. Well just really. to go backwards on this, how how was do we know how Sean Connery was was selected? You know, was he cast for it? You know, did he bump into a man in the pub and say, Oh, I know what you'll be good at? You know, how did he sort of get into doing this role? <clears throat> well, okay. Um so what happened was um it's really funny what happened. So obviously when they first started uh thinking of uh, casting Connery. I think um, Albert Broccoli and Saltzman and even Fleming wanted Cary Grant, who, was a, as you know, was a dapper gentleman on, on screen. Was the traditional, well, the Americans had the impression of a traditional English gentleman, how he would look, how a blah, blah, blah. So he said yes, but it was one movie. They asked a few other uh, names like Richard Burton, he wasn't too keen, James Mason, etc. And funny enough, then they the had a little uh, open audition and there were six people actually got into it and people don't realise Connery actually didn't win there. It was some model who actually won the part. But after a week or two shooting with him, they realised he could not uh, actually handle the part. So Connery came back did well, there's, uh, and they said, okay, looks good, and then they saw him uh, cross the street, and they said, oh my god, this guy uh, moves like a puma. He had that smooth uh, walk, etc., etc., and they showed it to I think uh, Saltzman's wife and her friends, and she came back and said, Connery's got sex appeal, and the rest is history. He was appointed as James Bond. Uh -huh. Looking at, oh, pictures, looking at pictures of Cary Grant, you can see oh. why they would want yeah. him to play the role. I mean, he's like, he's well, he just looks like an illustration out of the books. You know, yeah, the front very covers, close. the original 1950s covers of the James Bond books. Yeah. He just looks like exactly. the guy that's drawn. 
basically it's like if you see the draw and you think they've actually drawn Kerry Grant, you're right yeah. in the fifties, yeah. Yeah, I'm somehow just trying to. Uh, I'm just going to come up and see if I could get another question. Going, what was the ship of the background when he first met um, black guy? Forget his name. Quarrel. Quarrel. What was the ship? Uh, I don't remember that bit. Do you mean in the harbour behind them? I think it was some sort of. Uh... Yeah, it was the USS Yarmouth Castle. Okay. That was the passenger liner in the background. Oh, now, yeah, I'm at the point, yeah, about 27, no, about 30 minutes in, 27 minutes yeah. in, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see what you're talking about. I think that, that was just a useless fact. Yeah, actually, before that happened, um, mm -hmm. you see, the, do we, are we, uh, the, the bit where the woman gets shot, gets assassinated? Oh, that's way back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're talking about, yeah. You're talking about Stren Strenway's... Uh, Strenway's secretary. Uh, PA. Ah, secretary. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. She was, um, her name was Dolores Keita. Right. And that was actually her house. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, because... Uh, well, no, it was. They're, they're... It was her house. Yeah. She, she offered it up as a filming location for free. So what she said is, you know, film in my house and um, give me a part in the film. So she wasn't awesome. even a proper actress. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's that's a brilliant fact. Well, uh, you be you. I'm glad you've actually uh, brought that up because um, they've done that in quite a few Bond movies and um, where people have done that. But we'll go into more details later on. But that is a great fact, mate. Mm. Really, really good facts. The um the section um, where he meets um uh, what's the guy quarrel. That's it, yeah. Cool, yeah. <laughs> when he meets him, um, there's a particular section where he, he goes, he asks for privacy to go and talk about things, and they lead him into the back room. Yeah. <clears throat> there's yeah. A, a huge stack of boxes of red striped lager. And there was nothing mm -hmm. in them. No, they were empty. No. But yeah. I was just wondering, do you think that's like early product placement? Oh, probably. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because I thought that product placement... Well, because that would be blurred out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I thought that product placement was more of a thing that happened in the 80s. But... Well, a Bond, Bond was the actual first um, you know, uh, a series of movies that actually started off product placement. Right. So they were kind of... They were the innovators of it then. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it adds yeah. to the realism. But when it you're does, watching, yeah. you see them all stacked up like that. You think... Product placement. No. Well, yeah, because it certainly wasn't any broken glass or beer all over the place. It didn't have wet bodies, did it, after being chucked into them? No, just don't have <laughs> boxes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was packed with yeah. styrofoam. And there was something because, else um, as well. There was another uh, thought bit that I thought was product placement as well. Was it Red Stripe Lager, and there was something else as well. I can't remember it now. Was, was it his watch, maybe? Um, it's possible, but I think it was a bit more obvious than that. There was something I saw... But yeah, you know, it doesn't. Well, matter. yeah, they wouldn't have started off as Rolexes, would they? Nah. Or were they Rolexes, or were they they um the like the Bond watches? Were they, were they were yeah, the, well, the original Bond watch was Rolex, but then Rolex, he went right. on to uh, uh Seamaster, Amiga, uh, Amiga Seamaster, or whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how much one of those is. An original Rolex. Well, a Rolex. 
1962 James Bond Rolex. How much would you have to spend to get one of those? You'd probably get one of them off the old market, you know? About yeah. Oh, it's going to Thailand, isn't it? Just, 50 uh, quid. Yeah, <laughs> that would do. I think the real one, uh, I think we should just forget about Justin. I think we might have to remortgage our house. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I, I must do it. The first, the first funny, the proper true funny moment of this film was oh. when that bird at, at the air, at the airport, um, you know, that was behind. She comes up to the, you know, they're drinking under a, you know, under a little fucking uh, hut. And she comes up, she takes a picture and the big flash goes off. She walks off, she's like, oh, me. <laughs> you know, poof. Big flash, and he's just like walk off. No, oh, it wasn't me. I don't know who you're talking about. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that that was covert, wasn't it, sweetheart? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I looked, watched that, and thought that's just the stupidest thing I've seen. It's like you know, massive flash, yeah. wander into the crowd, hopefully you just disappear. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the way yeah. that um, qu- oh, quarrel stick that in my back pocket. You know, no one's gonna. Know. I've got a little digital camera in there. You know. The um the way that he grabs her arm as well as it quarrel approaches her and yes uh, that's right yeah grabs her arm it's um yeah very awkward but yeah. um yeah, but that's well, right, know, it is it, yeah. it, it is the sixties and yeah. people were still learning their craft weren't they at that time that's right yeah. <laughs> and not only that sorry learning their craft just made me laugh uh, it was also the way um he grabs it and it, it, he puts her angle where he's going to virtually snap it basically. <laughs> And you think, bloody hell, that is a little bit harsh. But then um, she gets a bulb. Uh, oh, yeah, she from the jams camera. a bulb in his face. Yeah. yeah. And so he just goes, sliced his face open, that would have done. It's just like, what's going on there? It's yeah, like, the, you the know, you, is, you'd see stitches on the next scene, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but he just rubs it off and goes, mm, that yeah. was lovely. Yeah, you'd see yeah. a massive plaster down his face, you know, and half his cheek gouging open after <laughs> that, but... Anyway. Yeah, but don't forget, I think it's also that was the maximum bloody action he saw in a Bond movie. If you think about all the shooting that goes on in Doctor No, how much blood did you see? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, there, there's a scene later on where he, he shoots some dude in, in the pool. There's no blood, the, the, the water doesn't no. redden at all, you know. Oh, that's yeah. where he's on the island, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. thinking, well, there should be loads of claret in that, in that pool, yeah, it was, none. especially it is, you know, it, it's inferred that he actually slits the guy's throat. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, a, you're right. It was a, it was a throat slit, and you think well, that pool would be full of claret, and it, and it wasn't. Yeah, but it is the '60s, isn't it? I, I guess yeah. that there's all kinds of censorship and you know things that they had to. That, yeah. I mean, I guess that would have been. Um, massively... I think that's a continuity conversation, isn't it? That one. <laughs> it's when uh, it's when um, Lucida Andrews came out of the sea as Honey Rider. Oh. oh. And um yeah, very saggy bottoms on that though, didn't she? You know. Yeah, but don't forget it was a sixties, it was a different world, mate. I mean, um well, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean don't get... hard. Well if it was a sixties, then it would have been fluffing out the sides, wouldn't it? I mean, it's still, you know, it still looked after themselves in the sixties, wasn't it? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, they did. But what I'm trying to say is uh, <laughs> the bodies were different. People had different diets and stuff like that. And not only that, it was early nineteen sixty two, so it was like in between the uh, sex revolution and free love revolution of the 60s because it was still early 60s there was still the attitude of the 50s still yeah. so they had to be very careful with uh, that scene as well and there's other scenes as well which is quite interesting um going further on in the movie how you would sort of perceive it and you go what really because 
Yeah, to uh, be covered up. I'll tell you what I struggled to perceive is how the dude thought he was going to sniper fucking James Bond for about 600 yards with a silenced pistol. You know, it's like, well, that's never going to work, is it? Well, yeah, but it's another one of those things, isn't it? Is that back in those days, back in the 60s, I don't think anyone was really... Well, I sort of looked at it, I thought, you're going to have to be a fucking good shot to make yeah, that. Yeah, but no one was really aware of it and, and pistol accuracy and stuff like that, then I guess, no. unless you were like tr military trained, I guess the average yeah. public. I mean, what were most What were most films on the lead up to this? What were they? They had loads, they had loads in there, wasn't it? Man from Uncle? Yeah, no, that, that, was all, that was all after this. Sweeney? What was this? Was yeah. Sweeney before then? Right, all these. It was a uh, uh, kitchen uh, sink drama, basically. It was like, you know, the toffs. <laughs> the toffs. Yeah, that's what they were called. Is it? That's what they were called. Yeah, that's what they were called. So basically, there were toffs <laughs> going, hey, yeah, you know, my name is Bond. It wasn't going to work for the 60s audience. It was basically. These uh, tots basically playing sometimes working class guys as well and trying to act like an East End guy. It's not going to work. Someone training uh, Vara, who has a posh, or has changed their bloody accent and is really posh, it's not going to work. And that's why it was very stiff, basically. It was very stiff in a sense, like, it's very slow. There were certain things. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what wasn't stiff, and I'll tell you something which I absolutely love about these old films and this time. Is the is the um, uh, architect not the architects the uh, interior design and furnishing? Absolutely love it. You know, uh, the you know the the furniture and the, the lamps and all the rest of it and the sofas and the chairs is utter cool. You know, if I were buying, you know, uh, I wanted to get out a house, I would definitely get inspiration from the fifties and sixties. You know, in terms of kitting out before it went into that horrible velour seventies. You know, of beige and brown and basic orange shit. you know it's just beautiful it's like this is cool it, it, i mean i mean for example you know the black and white uh sort of uh tiles you had on the floor yeah uh, uh, chessboard yeah. floor yeah that was my dream as a kid uh because of the bond movies and all the 60s stuff i was into all that and even now i say one day if i have the money i'll have that sort of floor well, one, of, my one of my properties we did is, um, I, as soon as I saw Excuse it, me, I we thought... Excuse me, uh, we can't uh, sort of pitch business on this channel. No, I'm just saying, I wanted a chess... <laughs> I, I said to the client, we'll have a chessboard floor in there, and it worked, and it's beautiful. I love a chessboard floor. Yep, okay. So I couldn't deal with that, because I'd have to walk on each... I'd have to walk on all the white tiles. For, like, hopscotch? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so to get in, get in from like the front door to the fucking kitchen would just be. Did you? Did oh, you guys? Yeah, but you could you could have them lighting up then, couldn't you? You could have them stepping them and have them light up different colours as you're doing it. <laughs> now that yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, we're good. But I, I I just wanted to go back uh, to one thing. Did you guys notice it? Uh, one thing in the casino where everyone was formally dressed. How yeah, people well, that's, were thought... that's normal casinos. Well, we're talking right at the very no, beginning. Not... Yeah, that's right. No, not really, because uh, I mean, I've been to casinos uh, in modern days, uh, basically um, in London, and I've been there in the evenings, and you don't really, you do see people in sort of normal, sort of, uh, what do you say, suits, but you don't see them wearing bow ties, you know, the uh, evening sort of gown, ladies don't wear evening gowns. Etc. Unless it's a special party, and I, I think uh, 
people were more formal in those oh, days. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, in those days, people were still wearing little bowler hats, weren't they? Well, Bond yeah, did. Right. Bond had a bowl, bowler hat, didn't he? Yeah. No, he had a uh, fedora, my yeah. friend. Listen, that wasn't a fedora. That's a bowler hat he throws onto the hat stand, isn't it, at the beginning? No. Nope. money penny, wasn't it? No. He never that wore a bowler hat. Yeah. That fedora? Yeah, he's a special type of... Ah, uh, uh, that's uh, it. We've got to go back now. Yeah. I don't too sure about that. Oh, I'm looking it up. Well, um, yeah, but absolutely. Um, people did dress damn sight better. Yeah, no, yeah. Samir is right. That is a fedora hat. Oh. I look good in a fedora. Should never have doubted. No, <laughs> should have been doubted the encyclopedia of James Bond. <laughs> Basics, oh, I have to say one thing. It must be someone's going to watch this. Man. That Samir guy, he's fucking sad. He knows everything <laughs> about Bond. <laughs> Coming in, let's let's uh, let's know what is this spider? What was it? Was it a tarantula? What was it? Oh, it was a tarantula. Yeah, it I was. Remember. Yeah, because I think tarantulas No, tarantulas don't. Majority, the, the, their poison is not fatal to humans. The majority of tarantulas. So it was completely. It was a complete non-starter using a tarantula, but. Apparently in the book it was a centipede. Oh, I didn't. Well, I've never read the fucking book. I didn't know that anyway. I, you know, it was just something I learned <laughs> today. But apparently it was a centipede that they put in his bed because centipedes can, you know, quite vicious. They're meat. They can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah uh... So, um, but the tranger itself, no, I, I, I don't know why they switched that out. I guess it's because it was quite exotic. I guess people had never at that period of time in history had never seen tranchers yeah. before. Yeah. I think David Attenborough programs, they started in the late 50s, didn't they? David Attenborough programs? Yeah, that's right, yeah. People were just sort of learning about all this stuff at the time. So seeing a tarantula, a spider that big, people would have just, it would have been minds blown, you know? Well, so I, I think that's why they switched I it out. I guess so. I just, all I know is it's a cringy scene. I only mentioned it because I just got to that bit on air and I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. <laughs> no, but... I mean, if you look at the way he flicks a spider off and then jumps with his shoe and bang, bang, like you see here. Well, he didn't flick it. He climbed onto the pillow, didn't it? In the end, so he climbed off. Yeah, the or whatever. Yeah, you know, he flicks off the pillow or whatever. He throws a pillow down and whatever he does. And then he smashes it with his shoe. Yeah. Yeah. But the way they sort of used the music as well was, was really well done uh, for the time. It was pretty uh, well done. You wouldn't get away with it now. Um, I'm bit... not sure, 100% sure, in this on this fact. I have to be honest with you, but I think they actually did kill the spider. Oh, oh did they? Oh, that, well, that's, I, that's, I'm not that's, sure. That's shocking if they did. Well, that's torn sure. it for me. I'm fucking that's it. I'm, I'm cancelled. I mean, I don't like spiders, but um, you have to. But have to check the credits at the end to see if it says you know animals were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> No, so it's funny as a mention. Yeah. And uh, quite a name. We, yeah. R.I.P. Oh. Fred. Yeah, or Scott. Like that. Scott, though, wouldn't it be? Scott, my friend. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was uh, very interesting. And there were some certain things as well, uh, where like um, the way everything was uh, sort of flowing as well. One minute is he's there, one minute is there. And he's up the hill going to meet that uh, lady who, um, funny enough, who took his photograph. One of the ladies who he meets actually is the secretary at the government house beforehand. 
and then they goes up up to the hills where he's getting chased by the Hurst. And that's when the awful sort of uh, jokes start where huh. they go yeah. and he goes, uh, I think they were late for a funeral. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get what I'm bit on. Yeah, and then there's a but, lot in Bond but, that um, makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, for the budget, it was as I said, it was very good, and uh, for the time, it was pretty decent. Um, yeah, for the time, it was an excellent film. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm just currently I've got the bit on the beach, you know, where they're kind of running away from the um. The yeah, I'm on that. Yeah. Yeah, on the boat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at Ursula Andrews in that um that bikini setup. Oh, she's lovely. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah, she's quite nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know much about her to lovely. be honest. What later think, recreated with Halle Berry. I think she's uh, Swiss. Uh Swiss or Swedish. Uh, she's one, but I think she's Swiss. Um Ursula yeah, she Andrews. was one of them. She was one of the big mega stars of uh European cinema at this time. You know when we uh, had that in the six fifties and sixties, where European uh, cinema, especially French and Italian cinema uh, and movies, were like mega international hits as well, although they weren't in English. And I think she was one of the up and coming stars or a big star of one of those European movies, and that's how she was uh, chosen. I think. Yeah, she's a good-looking woman. Uh, woman at the time, definitely. Yeah, she. Yeah. yeah. She hasn't. Uh, oh, I better not say I might get sued by him. Well, <laughs> she hasn't aged well. No, yeah. No, definitely not. I'm looking at pictures of her now. She's, uh, yeah. I don't even know if she's still alive or not. But um, yeah, she's. She loves the old plastic surgery. She's desperately clinging to her youth. Yeah, I think that's uh, unfortunate. That's. Um, I think uh, the industry they live in, where. Yeah, especially for females. Yeah. Damn shame. You just grow old gracefully. Yeah, I think you. I'll be honest with you. I think people would look more sexier if they do do that because looking more natural is much better than looking plastic. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, there's a nice scene with her later on where she's clearly. Hello, Justin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we... Did you yeah, just mute we... yourself then? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear you, mate. <laughs> It would have been an opportune she, moment to mute yourself, yeah. She was she was in the thing and she's taking her top off and she's cleaning, she's tied her shirt, which oh, annoyingly yeah. apparently is dry by the time she comes out of it. Yeah, I noticed see. that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the continuity. Yeah. I wonder why that happened, mate. Uh, they definitely have to wet, wet t-shirt competitions then, mate. So you know yeah. that very, she had to have a dry top. Very frustrating. Wanted to see a bit more there. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, right, you're saying a bit, you see a bit more. You can actually, if you do frame by frame on the bit where they yeah, get, yeah, yeah, they get washed down for the radiation. Yeah, yeah. She comes out at the end. Well, basically, that was a, that was a scene I was talking about uh, earlier, where they did the risque sort of thing, because actually Connery and her were actually naked behind the screen. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. So basically, the the reason why they put the screen there was you could see the top, so you could see basically they were washing up. And if you look carefully on their frosty bit, you can actually see both of their backsides. But they had to make sure when they came out the other side that you couldn't see the full front nude, basically, on either of those people. But that, that was very risky at the time. 
I did a double take because when she came out at the end of the conveyor and they handed her the um the dressing gown, I yeah. thought, hold on, did, was she? But no, she's clearly wearing sort of like beige kind of underwear to make it look like she is potentially naked. But yeah, yeah. But uh, I think um, they didn't have anything on the top. I'm sure about that. I think they had, um, you know, those uh, stunt pants where they do for sex scenes. Mm. I think they had those. Don't forget, uh, Doctor and I was actually first in virtually most things because all this stuff never happened in um, these other sort of old dramas. It wasn't allowed. Something actually that popped into my head towards the end of watching this movie is Doctor No. It's his name is the title of the movie, but you don't see him very much at all. No, no. And he doesn't have much dialogue. And, um, yeah, his gimmick, the metal hands, that isn't fully explained. I think he lost them as a child or something, from what I remember by uh, reading it somewhere a long time ago. And he had those. Yeah, just in the movie, it's not explained. It's, it's just kind of, oh, no. unfortunate or something he said. And... and um, yeah, and he doesn't even put them to good use in the movie either. You'd expect no. like, somebody to crush stuff like that. You think, I'll be using that all day, every day. I'll be crushing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And he, and be honest with you, he chose the wrong place to actually fight Bond in the end, where he uh, sort of uh, couldn't have a grip on other metal thing. You, If you know your weakness, you wouldn't go there, would you? Uh, if you had metal hands. And, you would uh, find a place where you would beat him. Yeah. And that's another another point as well is that the ending, his demise. Yeah. Shit. He's the he's the big boss guy, and he just ends up bloody getting boiled in the. But th- th- this is the thing. He isn't the big boss. Right. He's part of he's part of a Spectre. Mm-hmm. And as we know, a certain character is introduced in a few movies' time. Who is the the boss of um, Spectre? But up to the first three or four movies, we don't see the face of this uh, gentleman. Mm. Um, but another thing was it was quite. Um, if we go back to the actual book, it was for modern Britain. It would be considered a non PC sort of thing because every bad person in Bond or villain was non-European looking or non-British looking. Oh, and there was a reason why it was done. Sorry, I just um, I just got to that bit where he's looking at the painting. Yeah. Yes. Just going back to that. Um, okay, so yeah, the stories sure. I've read it is that that picture that he's looking at, that portrait, is of the Duke of Wellington. And yeah. the reason why he's studying it so hard is because apparently that fo- that that portrait was stolen in the early 60s. Correct. And um, the, you know, the implication was is that um, Dr. No has stolen it. So it was a bit of in actual real life history at that period of time that actually happened. It went missing. It was stolen. Um, it wasn't recovered until 1965, I don't think. Uh, I think it was a case where um, what they were trying to imply was Spectre had stolen it and were asking for ransom for it or something like that yeah and i think that's what the actual real life story was the people actually uh stole the painting actually asked for a ransom but i don't know if that was overpaid and they re- as you say they recovered it a few years later 
but yes, mm. that's the reason why it was looking. Uh, yeah, that was the same fact actually I had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just trying to. What's the timestamp in the movie? One hour and twenty nine minutes, I think. Hour and well, uh, the, the picture is one twenty eight thirty six. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The yeah. Picture. yeah. 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 We yeah, so just round up to one twenty nine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. to answer your question, Justin. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I didn't know that. So he's looking at it. That's why he double took it and thought, oh, that's where it's gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit of, um, yeah. So anyone that was watching that in the cinema that was aware of current events probably would have got that. Yes. Uh-huh. I would have gone, oh, right. Fuck me. That's what. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 there's so many things that, um, if you know your history, you can really connect the Bond movies. You can say, oh, okay, that person's connected to this person. And what, you know, all the events that happened in the 60s. But if you've got no clue of history or don't know anything about the 60s, as you say, if you're born in the mid-90s or, or 2000s, you may not know that. Mm. So that's another thing as well. That that would be going, okay, who, why is he looking at uh, that painting for? What What is the reason? Uh, well, like Justin. Unless, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't born in the uh, <laughs> 90s. <or laughs> Well, if you think about it, a few of us are quite close to the era the movie was made. And if you think about timeline, it wasn't that long after, before we were born, actually, if you think about it in that sense. Actually, that's something I looked up earlier is... Um... What, well, date you were born? Yeah. <laughs> is that long ago? We can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, which year were you born in? 79. Uh, Justin, were you 79 as well? Yeah, 79, yeah. Okay. Oh, right, 77. So, <laughs> so the day... So this was released in 62, so it's probably filmed in 61? You know, yes, yeah, that's usually right, how yeah. it works, isn't it, in films? Yeah. Yes, that's right. So I'm... let's just say, for argument's sake, it was bought, It was filmed in 1961. That means that this film is 60 years old. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. That's mental. It is, yeah. It's going to be, I think this year, it's going to be, or next year, 62, it's going to be the anniversary of the launch uh, of the Bond movie. So end of this year. Isn't it one of the longest running franchises still going? It is the longest running be, franchise yeah. still going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah but be honest with you, when they started Bond, they didn't realise it was going to last. The idea was to only make five or six of them and that's it. Yeah, but the thing is, is though that the next 21 were just exactly the same. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to... <laughs> well, they were. Um, let's be, let's be honest. Yeah. They're epic. <laughs> They're epic, but they all follow exactly the same process, don't they? New yeah, baddie, but... you know, new cars, new car chases, different guns, different women, you know, sex, explosions, guns, beat the bad guy, uh, and shag on a boat at the end, and there's the credits. I mean, it's it's a very, very simple structure, isn't it? Yeah, you forgot the smugness. Lots of smugness. Lots of smugness, yeah. 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 You know, a lot of product and... placement, you know, and the more money got involved, um yeah you know well that's one thing that we'll be probably talking uh at the towards the end in more detail i think when the con first connery or well the actual official econ connery era comes to the end because then we can talk about that because there was something that you've just mentioned justin that basically uh connery wasn't happy about it, it, and I'll tell, you something else, I'll tell you something else about Bond films that has got a continued 
theme to it is that these bad guys, as these spectre guys, why can't if they really don't like him that much, why can't they just pull a gun and shoot him? Why do they have to do all these elaborate fucking attempts of trapdoors into shark pits, you know, or electrified fences, or tying them onto an incoming tide to drown? You I know, you why, know. you know, it's, you know, or into, know a, you know, a piranha pit or an anaconda pit. You know, it's like, how, it's like a thousand ways to die, isn't it? You know, yeah, but just Justin, fucking shoot him if you don't like him. You know. Yeah, but the, the yeah, but the thing is, Justin, it's like it's a sadistic it? fucking need to you know have this elaborate death. You know. Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, it's about entertainment. That's uh, what I it know, is. I, I know. I know. Yeah, but, uh, but but knowing you, Justin, but in the real world, in the real world, you just go, all right, you can, and fucking shoot him, wouldn't you? Even no, like, you wouldn't say. Oh, so you, if you could just back, if you could just, <laughs> if you could just back up two steps, because you're not quite stood over the trapdoor. You know, if oh, if you yeah, the exit is over there, over the bridge. You know, yeah. <laughs> when you get halfway over the bridge, I'm going to press a button. It's going to be there. You know, well, it's it's like, just, you know or, oh yeah, actually, I want it. Bowler hat. Oh, just throw a bowler hat in like a boomerang <laughs> and see if that's life on the throw. You know. Yeah, but like, yeah, but you have to you have to look at a, a audience. From the 60s, right, Justin? Because don't think there was no action hero before uh, 007, right? So everyone this was the, all Everyone new. knew who the craze were. You know, the craze were around in the 60s. They just shot people in the face, didn't they? You know, just, you know. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I think you're getting <laughs> off the point, uh, mate. You're getting off the point. Right, on that, on that rent and that note, with all the yeah. stupid deaths and that, you know, with sharks with freaking laser beams and all that. Yeah, so laser we, beam. We yeah. have to do the Austin Powers movies at some point. Oh, as well. absolutely, and Johnny English because they're similar. Oh yeah, similar yeah. genres, isn't it? You know. But, yeah. but the first actual original Austin Powers was uh, the nineteen sixty nine Casino Royale or sixty eight one with Peter yeah, Sellers and. But we get to watch Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley's very nice. Yeah, I know that, but what I'm trying to say, we have to review that as well, because that is the actual foundation of, um, yeah, so in the end, uh, Dr. No dies, because I think we should finish the <laughs> review on that before we get carried away with that. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. How does he die? How does did he die? Bond he live? into a did Bond radioactive... Survive? Did Bond survive? He did survive. Yeah, he, he survived. The, the platform that was going down stopped just in time for him to be able to climb away. You know, the guy with yeah. the incredibly strong, grippy hands couldn't hold on to his trouser leg to pull him down. So he managed to climb up, but he just wasn't seen to be strong enough to drag himself back up again. Uh, there was a reason why that was the case, because uh, he had metal hands. And obviously, when you've got metal hands and liquid, mate, you become slippery. So that was the logical answer to that. Um, and then he ends up with... Uh, th then he ends up with... Uh, hunt the best dildos are metal. I wouldn't know that, Justin, but they're, they're all slippery. Uh, uh, you, you did say to me the other day they were pretty good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he ends up he, he, he ends up uh, basically with Honey Rider, and uh, they are in a boat, and uh, they end up uh, kissing, yeah, did, and he lets the rope go. Yeah, but did yep. we actually see what happened to the missile they actually launched? I think again we. Uh, there's no missile that launches, as far as I know. That, that, oh, was that you know what? I've only just remembered that. Yeah, they launched a missile. They launched a missile. He cranked it all up, and the missile launched. What happened to the actual missile? You know, after he uh, saved her. Uh, you know, after he saved her from their elaborate death, still of tying going. her to a uh, tying her to a <laughs> ramp to drop. <laughs> you know, it's still like, going, mate. Yeah, I think. 
I think nothing. Uh, there's a fight. You're you're right. You've made a correct point because I remember now. They didn't yeah. show us. All they showed that the, the the actual base gets blown up. But what yeah. happened to the launch? Yeah, you're right. Missile. Yeah, exactly. It fell in the sea somewhere. I think it was like like the North Korean uh, thing try to do it. They start making shit or up. Or it's or the would you just go? Or would you just go? Oh fuck it, don't matter. I've done my bit. Uh, let's not make stuff up. This is the uh, let, let's, let's, is the, uh, let's this is the information era. You should look it up. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Paul should look it up before we make any comments on this. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen. You just get people. You get people on the internet on the comment section. If anyone actually watches this video, anyway, you get them on the comment section. Going, hey, you don't fucking know shit. Me, me, I fucking idiot. So let's look it up. Let's be absolutely factual, correct. What? So what? My what happened to? The missile launched in Doctor No. No. Uh, zero results. <laughs> so I've got a funny feeling that you're talking. Uh, I, I was right. I'm. I'm sure I haven't seen it. I think you're getting confused with. Uh, you only live twice. I mean, we can't be the only. Wait, well, Justin can't be the only person in the world that's noticed that. What do you think of the dragon they found? Oh, that was bollocks, that, wasn't it? That was just, no, it was just a tank, wasn't it? I mean, and apart yeah, from yeah, that, but what... it had, yeah, but and, and that was a, yeah, it was great. But the, the flame coming out of it was like one foot long and blew back at the tank. But, you know, <laughs> as it approached, as it approached Quarrel, you know, somehow yeah. it managed to get a fucking 12 foot squirt on it. You know, yeah. and he, didn't, he didn't think to himself, you know, you saw his face was like, oh, oh. And it was it's like seeing have Indiana Jones with the guy's face is melting off as the arc is open, no, you know? Yeah, like... but what, 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 what I'm trying to say is, don't you reckon, in a way, they sort of made a guy from the Caribbean sound a little bit naive when he said, uh, sir, uh, sir, I've seen a dragon. I mean, come on. People in the Caribbean weren't naive. Were I they? don't know. Were... I mean, yeah, but is that a reference to the old, uh, you know, Puff the Magic Dragon, you know? I don't know. Puff the Magic Dragon what? was about opium, mate. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't do drugs. I don't really know. But... Yeah, and, yes, yeah. How do I? Yeah, yes, yeah. Do, uh, Justin does do drugs. I don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was the relevance? Why was it there? Yeah. What was, was just, the point of it? What was just, was it just some sort of myth to keep people off the island? Yeah, it was. It was basically hmm. don't forget. There's always these. What they were trying to say, you know, there's old sayings, uh, and they were saying, okay, there's a myth about a dragon on this island, and that's what oh. it was. That's kind they of took the, advantage of it. That yeah, wasn't Puff yeah. the Magic Dragon then. Mate, that's nothing Puff to do with that. <laughs> so we established what's happened to that rocket yet then, or what? No. Or is it it's still flying around? Right, so it's just, so it's just a, nuclear, a nuclear war-headed rocket, which we assume that was, uh, has just disappeared. It just didn't matter anymore. I, mean, I think it is. Here's a fact. Days after the film's successful debut in England in October 62, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. And a similar well, that's because, that's because they didn't destroy it. It landed in fucking Cuba, didn't it? You know, they sent this rocket up for filming and it, it flew across Cuba and they thought oh, the Americans are attacking us. They had a big American flag on it, probably. You that's know, they probably... Because the similarities of Dr. No made United, United artists skittish about releasing the film in America. Yeah. There you go. Doubt they would set a picture with a limey truck driver playing the lead. <laughs> <laughs> and, one of, and one of the last things that really annoyed me as well uh, is that when the boat is being towed at the end, if you look at the tow rope, 
Yeah, right? he lets it go. It's, no, he's holding it with his hand. It's not just that, right? It, yeah. It, they fixed a tow rope on, but the tow yeah. rope is fixed to a thing at the back of the boat. So as it tried to tow it, it would have pulled it along yeah, it would have spun on its side. Yeah, the, it so, would have yeah. spun it. Yeah. And apparently he's holding onto it and is letting it go really gently. I mean, the pressure that would have been on that rope would have cut, it would have burned his hands hand pieces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so, what the fuck is that all about? But on the, on the, yeah, on a continuation of that is I was wondering, well, after he's, after he's had a shag with her, how do they get to shore? Yeah, they pick them out afterwards. That's what they're implying. Oh, right, uh, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about um, nine hundred and thirty-five thousand dollar budget, and they made fifty-nine and a half million dollars. Yeah, I mean you've got to make cuts somewhere, ain't you? Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, oh, actually, I don't know. Is that is that rope? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I think that's already cut you short there, guys. I think that rope might be attached to the front as well. I don't know. Oh, it's all falling apart. Yeah, he's on a hang on a minute. He's on, on a railing, isn't it? Look yeah, at it. It's got those railings. Ah, it's on. Oh, no, it's on yeah, a railing at the front. It. He's just yeah. realised he's fucked it. I've just realised, but it still would have burnt his hand. Though, <laughs> he was letting go of it. Yeah, obviously, but uh, by the time he had come out of there, mate, his hands were burnt anyway with all that uh, hot water yeah. thing in the tunnel. So, so he didn't really go down. Bit, where was the bit with the duck on his head? Ah, oh, it's not in this. It's a different movie. Yeah, that different, different movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why I couldn't see it. That's why yeah, I, I don't. I think you. Uh, I, I can tell oh. you which movie, but I think we shouldn't mention the movie till we get there. Right. Okay. Right. Well, that okay. here ends then, doesn't it? So, what do we think then? I think it was a great film. I could watch that quite a few times, actually. I have to say. Really? No, I think I want to make a point about the uh, financial gain, mate. Because if you think about it, as I said, fifty-nine million dollars or fifty-nine point seven, whatever it was, million dollars out of a nine hundred and thirty-five thousand budget that that basically if you think about it made Bond what it is he made Connery into a star and changed it return yeah yeah because don't forget he got paid about five five thousand dollars or five thousand pounds for the movie really uh Connery did is that all he is that all he made Five thousand or something like that. Maybe fifty thousand was a max he got afterwards okay. altogether. But as far as from certain effects I've read, it was only five thousand. But when we reviewed the second movie, that jumps up mega time, and it's amazing how things change because it was like the Beatles. Basically, what happened to Bond? They started off, became a little bit big stars, and then suddenly, like uh, the Beatles. Bond becomes a megastar. Yeah. But there will be basically um, a few movies down the road, down, basically. Uh, yeah. So speaking yeah. of next movies, then, I mean, that pretty much is... Uh, it's not a movie review of what we're, what we're doing no. here, is it? It's more of just like a no. chat. So it, the assumption is that people have already watched this film and they're either yes. Bond fans or they've watched it and they're just kind of surfing on YouTube and they find it or, you know, whatever platform yes. video yep. service and i just think oh what these guys got to say about it so i think that sort of wraps up dr no so the next movie in the series then is from russia with love from yep. russia with love which yep. was the first movie you suggested to to talk about samir why why was that to me i think uh, the reason why was uh, because to me that is the but uh, production 
first of all. And Timmy, that's where we're starting to see the real bond that uh, the modern, even modern audiences start seeing. And from then on, it carries on. And then it gets better and better. That's why. I think right. in this, Bond is not a spy. He's like a vice squad detective in uh, Doctor No. And you see the spy element more in From Russia with Love. And I think the story itself is more interesting as well, in my personal opinion. Some people will say no. Um, but yeah, that was the reason why. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just looking at the ending of Doctor No again, actually. I'm just playing it through here. And I'm trying to find that missile bit. So it's just it's on been... the screens in the background. You just see this missile going up yeah. and he's cranking up the, you know, the, the radioactive thing, um, which, by the way, after that exploded, would have been a bit like Chernobyl. So that would have been Jamaica off the map now for <laughs> Yeah, but don't forget it wasn't years, on the but... yeah, but it wasn't on the main island. Although yes, it would have destroyed that part oh, of the world. It would have done, wouldn't it? That would have been yeah. a nuclear meltdown. That was whole what happened to Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, meltdown. Because because don't forget it was on Kreb Kreb Island or something like that. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, the, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying, but look, <laughs> can we be in the world of movies for once, Justin? Don't come out. Well, it's got to be correct, isn't it? Otherwise, people just think they can crank up some nuclear weapons factory and it'll be all right. It won't. Yeah. I think. It, well, I mean, I had considered it. I had considered it myself a few times. Yeah. yeah. But no offense, Justin. If it, if that was the case, I think some med leader would have done it by now about half a dozen times. Well, I don't know. I mean, they let a rocket just go up there and not let anything happen to it. So yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, right. think about it. Elton El El John did the same, didn't he, as Rocket Man? So yeah. Rocket Man, yeah. Right. Uh, should we um should we wrap it up? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to from Russia with love and yes, uh, we're, two we're, weeks time.